0: I left the city,
1: I've been browsing Treading water that they drowning My head on a swivel, yeah It's only really my surroundings Hello and welcome to episode 199 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at DynastyDadFF. Guys, it is playoff time. You know, we finally got ourselves in an area where it's week 15. It's make or break. A lot of you guys have buys, but other people are saying, hey, what do I do? I lost, you know, I lost Herbert. I potentially lost Jefferson, Stroud. So, Got two of the best around to go over this and just really come up with some some trade scenarios for you guys from some sleepers, some guys that really throw in your lineup. And for, without further ado, I want to introduce Mung. Mung, this is episode 199. Just sounds crazy. You know, we're going to go 200 next week. But how are, your, how are your playoff teams looking, man? I mean, where, where are you at? What are some things? I mean, did you have any of those major losses going on?
0: Yeah, it's been good. It's uh, time has flown. I can't believe we're on episode 199, and I can't believe that we are officially into the fantasy playoffs this season already. Feels like just a few weeks ago we were talking about, you know, rookie drafts, and mm-hmm. in, it feels like in just a couple more weeks we're going to be talking about rookie drafts yet again. But uh, overall, uh, my leagues are good. I did miss the playoffs barely in one league, and then I barely got beaten for a first-round bye in another one up against uh, an Evan Ingram team that happened to be the difference maker. So other than that, though, uh, it's been good, and uh, hopefully all of your guys' teams are playing strongly as well this time of the year.
1: Yeah, I'm pumped. I mean, in 18 leagues, two of the 101 or 102, and then the other ones are all in the playoffs. i got to give a shout-out to uh, – in, in smash except six at drilling with the chub beat me by less than a point for the high points in there you know for and that bye but uh it, it's just been an awesome year it's been fun it's been challenging i feel like every year keeps getting more and more challenging with all these injuries and that's what we're here to, to try to help you with I, i'm seeing my man rocking the seattle mariners hat got that eckler jersey in the background snoog i mean this is your first postseason with smash except this has been a a grind but it's been fun tell me a little bit about your teams and you know the experience of this year
2: yeah let's start it off with I don't know a single player on the Mariners so I'm just repping the hat for the colors it is nice I mean old
1: school Ken Griffey you can't beat it
2: I don't know baseball but um yeah I mean it's been phenomenal like you said dad it's been just an absolute craziness for at the quarterback position I mean I have like CJ Beathard, Jake Browning, Tommy DeVito and like Joe Flacco on like all of my benches and all of my leagues. They probably won't touch starting lineup, but it's good to get any crazier
1: than Joe Flacco throwing, you know, multiple touchdowns Crazy. and 200 plus yards and back-to-back weeks. And, and he's there and quarterbacks is the perfect thing. That's a, that's a perfect segue right there, Snoog. I mean, you know, I have my weekly rankings coming out here and after like, whew, I got Joe Flacco at QB 16. We all would have guessed that, you know, before the season started. But when you go to like QB 18 to 32, it's Jake Browning, Desmond Ritter, Baker Mayfield, Derek Carr, Will Levis, Gardner Minshew. Those are the better options for your back end QB two this week. Then you got Aiden O'Connell, Bailey Zappi, Zach Wilson, Nick Mullins, Davis Mills, Bryce Young, Easton Stick, Tommy DeVito, and Mitch Trubisky. Mung, I mean, there's never been a playoffs where we have, if you look at that, that is literally 12 backup quarterbacks playing right now. I mean, that's, absolute Absolutely. insanity. Gino might not start yet on top of that. So you, you, you throw in another one there. How do you go about navigating the insanity right now? Right? Like how do you go into this area where most of my teams, and we've talked about in the past where I have Jalen hurts and Dak and Josh Allen, and you tried to all, all season talked about having two of these guys, but if you don't have two of these guys, how are you navigating that position of the those guys I listed from like 18 all the way down to 32 this week?
0: Well, this might be the first uh, fantasy playoffs in recent memory where even in Superflex, it might actually be advantageous to start a non-quarterback in that Superflex spot because traditionally we always say, right, quarterbacks because they are the focal points of their respective offenses generally have the highest weekly floors and ceilings. So you even want to play an average quarterback mm-hmm. over a, a an above-average running back or wide receiver. Um, now, obviously, the elite players at running back and wide receiver negate that advantage. But again, when we're talking about so many backups in the league right now, and you split those up right into the serviceable backups like the Tommy DeVito's and Jake Browning's of the world in recent weeks, uh, mm-hmm. versus the hashtag hot garbage quarterbacks, which you really want to avoid, even in those more advantageous matchups. Right? How much do you really trust Drew Lock against? the Eagles. And he played well against the Niners, but there's always that thought in the back of your mind, right? He could have five points, zero points, negative two points. Um, it, it's It's always tough. And I think that's where you really have to look at the projected matchups. Are you a big underdog this week? Did you barely sneak into the playoffs? And if so, do you need a massive week so you're willing to roll the dice on some ugly sounding quarterback names? Or are you a projected favorite and you'll get by with, say, 10, 12 points from a running back or wide receiver in that super flex option this week and live to fight another day? So, in the fantasy playoffs, it really comes down to being able to evaluate your weekly matchups and setting the best possible lineup. I I absolutely love that. Yeah. Go ahead,
2: Jacob. So, Context is always key for situations like this when you guys are setting your lineup. So let's just say super flex six point passing, normal PPR. Are you starting Jacob Browning over Garrett Wilson or Tony Pollard? Basically, like a keep trade cut for starting
1: this four week. point, four point or six point passing? Six point. I'm starting Browning. Browning has been serviceable. You know, he has had two solid weeks there. He's got the weapons. Garrett Wilson's coming along really nicely, you know. Like over the last, in the Zach Wilson starts, if you look at it, he's getting peppered. He's getting eight to ten targets almost every single week. So I mean, that's probably giving you a base of fifteen to eighteen, and then Pollard in there, man. Uh, are you the projected favorite? You know, like I think, yeah. I think, I think Pollard and Wilson are a lock for like fifteen to, yeah. to eighteen. Yeah, I six think point I passing. Browning has that opportunity to to mm-hmm. put up a little bit more. Mung, what do you think?
0: yeah like I said, Browning's in that category that I would say is serviceable um so I do lean him especially in six point passing. we've seen that mm-hmm. the Vikings have a really good run defense and the way to attack them is through the air epic. and yeah. with a healthy chase in Higgins, even though he didn't really throw to them last week, uh, I do still lean Browning now again, mm-hmm what comes into play is the scoring format, right? Everything is very specific when you get to the fantasy playoffs. And I, I do think that matters it's, in this particular yeah. example, 0.25, maybe answer. lean Pollard.
1: Well, he's, he's coming off backup
0: QB four, back to back QB four weeks, yeah.
1: which is insane. 20,
2: almost 220 28 point games against yeah.
1: so, very, and
0: very solid defense. How many
1: Pollard's done that once this year and Garrett Wilson has not how done do that might. at
0: all. So So the the one thing that would make me a little bit hesitant is that Browning has gotten there the last couple weeks with a couple of rushing touchdowns, right? And we know, again, the defensive line, the front seven is the strength of that Vikings defense. So that does make me a little bit nervous, but still, I I think they pass a little bit more and we see less mix in here. Do you think their their front sevens better
2: than Pittsburgh or Jacksonville? Though Jacksonville has got a really, they got some closers on that D line. Same with Pittsburgh, and he put up 14, 28, then twenty seven against Indy, which another like respectable defense. So I think, like you said, Mung, I think context is key with this in scoring format because the six point passing. I mean, if you think he can hit like one and a half touchdown passes, that's that's twelve points right there if he hits two of those. So think that's what matters because he's probably not going to be a guy that consistently throws for 300 plus yards but all it takes is chase to house a 70 yard screen pass or a slant or someone them get down to the red zone and it's a fade to t higgins and he makes an incredible play so when, yeah. when the quarterback has phenomenal talent around them they're due for big weeks and and you just got to ride with that over a guy that has hit 20 points once in their season so far in a running back that relies on eight passes to have a good week or a touchdown
1: Speaking of big weeks, my guy that I'm trying to go out there and acquire everywhere. I mean, I've I've already gotten two shares for the playoffs. I'm trying in in other areas with a, a pair of seconds. You might have to pay a 25 first. Ideally, you give up like a Jerry Judy in a second. You get this quarterback. But Mr. Sir Matthew Stafford, last three weeks, QB7, QB5, QB8, 10 touchdowns to one interception. And this week he gets the Washington commanders who allow the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. If Chances are, if you have Matthew Stafford, your team's fringe playoffs or you didn't make the playoffs. You know, this is an area where, uh, Snoop, what I do is like I'm looking at all these rosters. I mean, most of my teams that have buys, I got two of these guys into this area. Then I'm looking at the other ones. It's like, what quarterback can I get off this team that? isn't going to affect their roster. You know, we always talk about knowing your league mates, looking at at, at someone else's roster, and you say, you know what? You know, this is an area where I give up Kirk Cousins in a second or Mm -hmm. a pair of seconds, or I give up Aaron Rodgers, who's on my team. I go after this, and I say, you know what? That guy doesn't need Matthew Stafford for the stretch run. He Mm -hmm. this week is my QB six and I think the cheapest option right now, the only other guy in that area that's that's you know gonna cost you a first, maybe a little bit less, is, is Brock Purdy. And we talked about it last week. I mean, you're not getting the elite level quarterbacks this time of year. You're gonna have to pay insane amounts, right? Once you get to that trade deadline, Matthew yeah. Stafford and Brock Purdy are really your best two options.
2: Yeah, and and like you said, dad, Stafford just lit up two of the best defenses in the league in Baltimore and Cleveland, and now he has A cakewalk matchup. I mean, Washington, one of the worst defenses in the NFL. New Orleans, who can't move the ball unless it's through their running back. And the Giants, who are just an absolute joke this year. So, I mean, statistically and based on everybody's prediction, the next three weeks should be 20-plus point games for Matthew Stafford with a healthy Cooper Cup in Nakua. So, I'm excited. It's funny that you said that because he's a guy I've been trying. I've been pushing two seconds and throw-ins trying to get him in every league i can because the justin herbert injury stabbed me in the back because he was my yeah. most owned dynasty qb second most owned dynasty qb was joe burrow so quarterback wise i'm kind of struggling I've been turning a lot of those players into like trevor lawrence's and lamar jackson's but i did one trade that was kind of weird it was i think i got 224 first and matt stafford and i think it was Mostert for um Justin Herbert. And and the the first was the 103. So I was fine with it. Drake, Mayor, Marvin, Marvin Harrison is my, my theory there. But I had no choice. I had the first round buy. it's like, am I just going to throw away $500 yeah. or am I going to push for it and lose a little bit of value?
1: Well, and I think that's we, we were talking about it backstage a little bit is we, we have that situation right now with both Stroud and Herbert. Now, yes, Stroud mm-hmm. He's in concussion protocol. I think maybe he suits up, but we'll see how it goes. You know yeah. what I mean? But you got to hold on there. But if you have both of these guys, and I know Herbert's a little bit different because you're not going to have him for the entire playoffs. I mean, Mung, this is a scenario where every team that I didn't have that's contending, I'm going after and trying to buy Justin Herbert. You know, when we get these tr- leagues that have no trade deadlines, this is the time where, you know, if you're in that position to win, you're you're almost selling players sometimes 80 to 90 cents on a dollar because you want to win that money. And it's like this is that opportunity where you can buy Justin Herbert cheaper than you ever likely will be able to.
0: Yeah, it's not all that different from what we said about Kyler Murray about a year ago, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the time where as rebuilding teams, you have to understand that you do have some leverage because to Snoog's point, the contenders have more on the line right now, Mm -hmm. right? For me, if I get the 104 instead of the 103, I mean, yeah, I'd rather have the 103, but it doesn't mean that I'm losing that much opportunity cost. Whereas if you have made the playoffs and you have already leveraged a lot of picks and younger players to make it to the fantasy playoffs, you really don't want all that to be for nothing, right? And so at this point, you know, I've had offers for some quarterbacks Given the state of the league right now and all the injuries, but I've held on to guys like Lamar Jackson. I've even held mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford over a second round rookie pick mm-hmm. because I do think that he still has a couple of years left on the tank and we do see how dangerous he is in this McVay offense, right? So yes. again, this is the time when you have to understand who has the leverage in trade negotiations and also what really are your needs, right? Yes, if you have a good quarterback, maybe you don't need Matthew Stafford for the future, but at the same time, mm-hmm. why sell him for cheap when you can just hold him for next year as well? Exactly. Yeah. And and all the
1: teams now, that, that's a great point, because all the teams, if it's a good run league, we already know what the draft order is for the bottom mm-hmm. six teams, right? So you're not vying for any kind of extra positioning or anything like that. I like that a lot. Um, Snook, you know, if, if you have Justin Herbert, one thing that I've been advocating to people, and I know – it sounds cringy at this time of the year, but you know, it's, it's getting Dak Prescott in a second, you know, it's getting Dak Prescott and an upgrade at wide receiver, the way Dak Prescott has played and still the community hasn't quite caught up. I mean, literally he is the MVP front runner, in my opinion, the way he has played, he is a top five quarterback, the rest of the way, if not, if not the number one quarterback, I mean, you got to at least kick the tires, right? Like, you were in a scenario where you have Justin Herbert. I mean, who else are you going down to? You're going to Dak. How farther, how much farther down would you consider going? I mean, because you look at some of these other quarterbacks and you know, you're gonna have to add on top to get to Lamar. Trevor Lawrence has a horrible schedule the rest of the way. Tua, we saw what he is without Tyreek Hill. They have a horrible schedule the rest of the way. Kyler Murray, Purdy. You know, they're going to be – Purdy has a phenomenal schedule. Jordan Love's got a couple nice matchups here, but you're going down pretty far. Dak Prescott seems to be the best option to scale down just a little bit. And are you okay with a contender giving up Justin Herbert to get Dak Prescott in a second?
2: Yeah, I literally did that trade the other day. I gave up Herbert. I got Dak in just two random 25 seconds. Smashed it. He was the guy – he got has Kale Williams as well, and he just had Dak. He did a late, late strip down, sold everything and he just had like the worst team in the league but so many picks so he was like listen like I I want Herbert I have him mm-hmm. still as a top 5 dynasty QB I was like I'm not going to overpay to down tier to Dak so if you-, you send me something I like yeah. uh, some good value so I-, I got 2 seconds on top I also right. traded him for I traded him and Nico Collins for Trevor Lawrence and a late 24 first again I think I lost
1: value wise mm-hmm. on that but you got you got to take what you can I think you got to see. You you have to see what you're dealing with. You know what I mean? Like I've done the same thing where I went with a team that was, you know, that was starting a rebuild, and I'm contending, and I got Kamara, Kelsey, and Dak for Herbert and Trey McBride. For me, I got three starters who are going to win me the championship. For him, he's got a nice set of guys that he's going to start to rebuild around. You know, and I think Mung, we get into an area where we talk about it all the time. It's like you're not trying to rake that other guy over the coals you're trying to look at how can I make your team better for next year and how can I improve my team for right now
0: yeah and again schedule really matters right you're not looking at name value this time of year because 2024 and beyond don't necessarily Mm -hmm. matter um Purdy and Dak those are the two guys as you mentioned who have phenomenal schedules for the fantasy playoffs Absolutely, potential shootouts you know the next three weeks for the Cowboys and none of those defenses scare you. And then with Purdy, it's just as long as Trent Williams and Debo Samuels are healthy. he's got basically a fifteen point floor every week and a you know thirty plus point ceiling. And exactly. again, you mentioned you know, tearing off of Herbert for guys like that over Trevor Lawrence. and and I agree. If you're contending, you know you do have to wait you know the current value a little bit more because I always say, that my in-season dynasty rankings reflect more like mm-hmm. re- rest of season redraft rankings.
1: Yeah. Then, the only other guy that I'm considering in that where, area is, is Justin Fields as well. After he gets yeah. done with Cleveland this week, Justin Fields is a buy – because for me I and I was on Zoltan's pod the other day and we were talking about it like he has played well over the last couple of stretch where he is going to be a QB1 with his rushing floor and you have an area where it's like okay this guy is either going to go to Pittsburgh or Atlanta or someone else next year where you know Justin Fields is still going to be a starter in this league and I know some of the even some of the rebuilding teams are kind of off of that a little bit but you look at Week sixteen, he gets Arizona. Week seventeen, he gets Atlanta. He's in that same area. Snoog, if you got to tear down from Herbert to Fields or Herbert to Purdy, what are you looking realistically to get on top of those two players?
2: I'm kind of really high on Purdy. I think he's like very close to cracking my top ten. I think I got like probably like Dak, Purdy, Richardson, and like Kyler in that tier of just like I think it's like eight. Or nine to twelve ish. I, I think I literally no lie take Purdy over to uh today. I yeah. I think Purdy is literally better. I think he's in a way better situation. Elite offensive line.
1: If I come to you bigger. today, you got Herbert. I got Purdy. You're you're in the playoffs. I am not. And I give you I offer you uh, I offer you Purdy in the 107. Smash or pass. I'd take it. Okay. There's All right. Mom, is that enough man. for you?
0: Yeah, if if you have a strong enough roster outside of that one QB spot.
1: I like it a lot. I like it a lot. This this has
0: created an opportunity
1: where in your rebuilds, you could have Mm. picked up Anthony Richardson. You could have picked up you know Joe Burrow. Now you can pick up Justin Herbert, and we talk about that all the time. If I share with you my Smash Four team, every single player outside my wide receivers is an injured player. It's just buying those guys that are going to get automatic recoups. We knew Kyler was going to do that. Now all of a sudden he's right back where he's going to be. Justin Herbert, as soon as he's healthy, which is a broken finger, this isn't an ACL, he Not doesn't that. move anywhere in my dynasty rankings. He's in that four, five, six. He's not going anywhere out of that tier, no matter what. So, I mean, this is an opportunity for you to go buy Justin Herbert. And these are some opportunities that we've given you to, you know, try to sell into that certain situation. Uh, Mung, I want to talk about the running back rankings here. It's like, I want to talk about this week. There is, you know, the quarterbacks are light, but running backs right now, I mean, they're, I'm looking at it and there are like 15 to 17 deep of, of matchups that I have. I have no problem rolling out there I mean I got smash starts obviously McCaffrey against the Cardinals Kamara gets the Giants Bijan gets that number one most points per game against Carolina Kyron these guys are all the smash plays let's talk a little bit about these the guys that I'm getting the most questions are is you know are you comfortable starting both a chain and Moster? are you comfortable starting both Gibbs and Montgomery this week I mean you know the the dolphins get the jets and the lions they get the, a, a nice juicy matchup with the broncos are you willing to roll out two guys this week you know is this an area where we start to do that or do you start to move around a little bit
0: um, it's really tough because Connor Williams is a huge, huge loss to that Dolphins offensive line, especially when they are already missing Teron Armstead. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it makes me super nervous. and I, I was someone who was very high on all the Dolphins players heading into this season. Mostert, even though he had the great game against the Titans, I'm actually more nervous about Mostert than A-chan for the fantasy mm-hmm. playoffs. And the reason is I, I do think they prefer HN in the passing game, which gives mm-hmm. him a higher floor and ceiling in PPR. 100%. And Mostert's been a touchdown machine to this point. But without Connor Williams, I don't know how much they're going to be slamming him into the defensive line near the, near the goal line at this point or how successful they would be. So Mostert makes me way more nervous for the fantasy playoffs than HN does, even though, again, he had the big game. And when you look at the upcoming schedule, right, the Jets this week, it's easier to run on them than to pass on them. But still, mm-hmm. they have a solid defensive line. And then Dallas and Baltimore, both games where they could be trailing, you could easily see that project to be a lot more of an a heavy game script. And then he's also the one who gives you that big playability, right? They missed, um, Tua missed him on what could have been like an 80-yard touchdown last night. And so going forward, I would much rather have HN for the fantasy playoffs. Mostert this week in my rankings will probably be a risky touchdown dependent flex. And I would have HN ranked a little bit higher in PPR formats.
1: Mostert becomes like. It was a guy in the Patreon today said someone offered him Aaron Jones in a 25 second. It's like Mostert on a lot of teams is a depth running back for you. He's been phenomenal with obviously what 16 touchdowns. This is that opportunity where you know he's 31 years old. This is your last opportunity if you are, as Mung said, like you got to know where your leverage is. If you're a rebuilding team, Raheem Mostert does not belong on your roster. If he's already still there, now is the time to trade him. You know, you get rid of that type of player as opposed to if you have Justin Herbert. It doesn't matter, right? Like you're, you're you're holding on to those areas if you have some of those players, but if you have a Raheem Mostert, we're getting close to the end of time for those kind of guys. Um, well, among-
0: even if if even if you're contending and you have Mostert, I, I would be okay with moving him on the name mm-hmm. value to another contender, right? That it's the kind of thing where like you hope that you're making a smart move. Maybe it comes back to burn you. Maybe he goes mm-hmm. off and still somehow gets two touchdowns against the Jets. But Mostert has basically been, uh, I mean. Not to not to this extent, because I do think he's a better running back, but he's essentially been Gus Edwards, right, just cranking out these touchdowns every week mm-hmm. after week, and he really hasn't done a whole lot through the air, and his yardage has been dependent on getting those leads too. So now if they're going to be playing from behind, I don't know how much you really want to trust him in the fantasy playoffs. Exactly.
1: I mean, weeks 11 through 14 right now, he's RB6 with 77 touches, which is just absolute insanity, you know, and then you look at his red zone carries. He's also top 10 in that with 37 red zone carries across the season. So that that's the allure there. But I get what you're saying is today I made a trade. I traded James Connor in a 25 second for a 25 first on a team where James Connor is my RB nine. You know, like you don't have to just be selling because you're a, a rebuilding team. You can move those bets where, yeah, you're not trying to trade Christian McCaffrey to someone that you might face in the in the championship, but trading a guy like Raheem Mostert who has a tough schedule. That's or actually a guy probably like a Gunner. better.
0: Um, that's probably actually better comparison than Gus Edwards because outside of that two touchdown game against the Steelers, right? How how often do you think the Cardinals are going to be leading to set up? Uh, those mm-hmm. game scripts where they are in position to score. And, and so not I think doing that's it. a great, yeah, that's a Kyler's great Kyler's not dumping things off. So that's, again, we've always said, go buy
1: James Conner. This is that last opportunity to potentially, you know, sell James Conner and get into those kind of areas. So Snoog, mm-hmm. we talk about this a lot where we're really going through and it's like, I know you and I do this and we're kind of, you know, degenerates in that where the last 30 minutes before I go to bed, I'm like scrolling through and I'm like, what kind of trade can I get in? Like, yeah. who can I get, you know? And I was like, I, I got Alvin Kamara for a 25 second last night and I went through and I, I, I made some moves where our 25 first, sorry, where I'm like, I'm going through and I'm like, okay, who has Derrick Henry? Cause Derrick Henry gets the Texans where he has over the last five games, over a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns. You yeah. know, who, who has Alvin Kamara who has Zach Moss who Zach Moss, I know on paper doesn't look like he had a great week last week, but he had a touchdown nullified. You know, he's getting literally 95% of the snaps and another guy that's in that area So I literally go into sleeper and I type in, I go league by league. I'm like, who has Kamara, who has Moss, who has Derrick Henry, who has that guy that they don't want on their team. If they didn't make the playoffs, you know, that they're going down, who has Joe Mixon, who has Kyron Williams. Like I'm literally going through there. Even AJ Dillon in some situations, I got to find that next piece. And I don't know if you're that same way, but for me, it's like, all right, let's, let's find that guy and let's make a deal.
2: Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm going to do after this podcast for like two hours is just go through all my leagues, try to make those type of deals. I like that you highlighted Derrick Henry because he's someone that's had three phenomenal games the past three weeks. I think he's scored in every single game, two or more mm-hmm. touchdowns, one or more touchdown. He's just been a lot better than he looks this year in general, getting a lot of touches. When the Titans are in games, Derek Henry is their whole offense. So that's something to keep an eye on. And like you said, if The Texans don't have CJ Stroud. That's a game that the Titans will win, and it's probably going to be a low scoring, grind the ball out, run the clock. Um, Old-fashioned Mike Rabel game, and and it could be like that even when they play against CJ Stroud, just to keep the ball out of Stroud's hands. So I'm excited to see Derek Henry in the playoffs. He's sitting on the bench in a few of my leagues right now, and I know he's going to drive me crazy and put up 30 points next week. So I got to try to figure out a way to get him into my lineups, but those are guys that, like, if someone missed playoffs and your league doesn't have a deadline and they were, like, the sixth seed or the fifth seed, they don't want any of those players anymore. Like, mm-hmm. their mindset is, what rookies can I draft in, in the spring? Like, I got to get ready for the rookie draft. They're
1: already moving I like forward. That. I like that.
2: Now's your now's your opportunity to move, yeah. your, move your second what? if you haven't yet. Move your 24 and 25 second. Move your first now that you know you're a playoff team. Mm-hmm. These are the moves you got to make because I don't know about you guys, but I like that paycheck at the end of the year, so – out there and win some money and win your league get that bragging rights over your friends
1: and let's ride mung we, we talked he snoop nailed it there talking about you know first and seconds but there's two guys that i'm looking at that i've been acquiring everywhere for a pair of thirds that i kind of like over the stretch run here and i want to get your opinion of one or the other and for me that's ezekiel elliott and chuba hubbard you know you nice. look at the amount chuba hubbard is actually over the last four weeks 81 touches is fourth in the NFL, and yes, he gets a tough Atlanta Falcons defense this week. But he's going back to back 20 carry games. Then you look at Ezekiel Elliott, who also you know had 61 touches over the last four weeks, but 29 touches in week four, seven of them being dump offs from Bailey Zappi. And I look at he plays the pay, he plays the Chiefs this week, where I think they're going to be a negative game script with a ton more dump offs. So if you had to choose right now between those two bargain bin guys that pair of thirds. Which one would you
0: rather buy? Um, it's Zeke because, to me, it's about which offense actually has a better chance to score touchdowns. And as mm. gross as it sounds, Ooh, I think is, are still, the Patriots better than the Panthers? I, I think it's still the Patriots, and yeah. the reason I say is because one, um, I, I know everybody got super excited about Chuba uh, because he had that blow up hundred yard, two touchdown game. Um, against the Bucks a couple weeks ago, but I believe it was either one or both of uh, Lamonte David and Devin White uh, got hurt in that game. So that mm-hmm. that was just a great like coincidence where yeah. they happened to get this great rushing matchup. Yeah. And again, he hasn't been catching quite as many passes uh, in recent weeks. He's become the number one mm-hmm. running back for Carolina, but Miles Sanders is getting worked in on those passing downs. So I actually don't love. Chuba for the next few games. You mentioned the tough rushing matchup against the Falcons this week. Um, A a pretty decent matchup against the Packers in Week 16, but then at Jacksonville Week 17 where they're a pass funnel, and I I do think that they're going to need to throw more. Whether or not they're Mm going to be successful remains to be seen, Um, but most of that doesn't really set up to be chuba hover games to me, Mm -hmm. whereas when you look at Zeke, you know, tough matchup against the Chiefs. I, I don't love it for him this week, but then Denver is the one that you really want to target in week 16. right? That sets up to be a very ground-heavy game for Zeke. And then at Buffalo in week 17, it doesn't set up great, but the Bills' run defense has not been great. So even if the Patriots fall behind in that one, I still think you see a heavy dose of Zeke. And if there are any weather concerns, then it really becomes a ground-and-pound game on both sides, potentially. So I, I much prefer Zeke if you're going to be targeting one of these cheaper running back acquisitions. Yeah,
1: and I think I think he has a higher ceiling. The thing with Hubbard is that the last six weeks, five out of the last six, he's been top twenty-six. You know, so he's right on that fringe RB two flex. He's he's a cheap option to throw in there. Zeke is going to give you. I mean, this week was RB one overall. So if you can go out there, I mean, Zeke should be the most traded dynasty asset. Period this week, like he should be moved. If he, if you're a contender, you should be buying. If you're not, you should be selling. You know, it's like this is that that same area that we were talking about with those other running backs. Um, Mung, since you're a, you've always been our, our Ravens guy, Keaton Mitchell and Gus Edwards are the questions that I'm getting a lot this week, and it's like Keaton Mitchell has shown the ability to to you know the home run threat. Gus Edwards is always a guy that you know has the ability. To score two touchdowns in any given week, you know, we got we have some some decent shootouts coming up. Are you willing to buy either of those? I mean, we get Jacksonville this week. Who's who's run defense is kind of middle of the road. or And then we get San Francisco and Miami. Are you willing to to put out either of those guys over the fantasy playoffs? Because that's that's the biggest question I'm getting is like I have these guys as my fringe flex plays. Are you willing to throw them out there?
0: Um, it depends on costs, of course. I, I don't love it. I think Miami in week seventeen is the target to is the matchup to target, right? Potential mm-hmm. shootout there, and if they play from a lead, I think that's when you might get a heavier dose of Gus Edwards and Keaton Mitchell. Uh it's interesting because we saw a lot of Justice Hill this past week and he'd really been phased out because the Ravens were actually trailing for a lot of that game against the Rams, mm-hmm. surprisingly enough. So um, I believe Kyle Hamilton is day-to-day, but he would be a big piece uh, to lose on defense if he were to miss any time. And mm-hmm. and their defense in general has been really good in certain games and not so great in others. So I'm hesitant to say that it's going to be very run-heavy uh, against either the Jags this week or at the Niners next week. So for me, I probably would not invest in those guys until after the fantasy semifinals.
1: I love it. We talk about Brock Purdy's schedule being so juicy. Snoog, I mean, you look at Debo Samuel, wide receiver 10, wide receiver two, wide receiver one three weeks in a row. And, you know, he's had a he had a different disappointing middle of the season. And if you have him, and what I'm noticing on most of my teams, I mean I'm in 18 leagues, and 10 of those were on teams that are not making the playoffs, man. Is there a better target at the wide receiver position to go out there and buy on a on a more discounted area than Debo Samuel? I mean, I think given the fact that, you know, they go out up against Arizona this week, Baltimore in a potential shootout next week, and Washington in week 17, Debo is my number one wide receiver right by. I mean, Stafford was the quarterback. Kamara is my running back. And I'm, I'm going after Debo wherever I can get him because – he still seems to have that that major discount where I think you can get him cheaper than Ayuk. you know, you look on keep trade cut. And I think right now they have him at wide receiver 19 or 20. And I, I think right now Debo Samuel is a screaming buy.
2: Yeah, I think so too. I mean, he's a phenomenal player. And like you guys said, there's a tough schedule coming up for the 49ers. They need, they need to keep winning games. They need that buy. So I truly think Debo is going to continue to eat. He, he seems like he's fully healthy now. He's using the run game and he's using the passing game to getting creative with him. And he, he's a player that can produce ridiculous numbers on low volume. So I'm excited yeah. to see him turn up because he is one of those game changing players and take advantage of the sell high on him, too. If you're rebuilding or if you just got knocked out of the playoffs, I got Jalen Waddle for Debo in a league that I got knocked out of the playoffs. And I think it was the, the
1: it was number smash two nine.
2: Game. Yeah, it was yeah. in smash nine. I saw yeah, thanks him. I for, thanks I like Thanks for
1: beefing up. Thanks for beefing up my boys team since I, you know, I'm on bye. I get to sit back, you know, <laughs> relax a little I bit.
2: That I was like, all right, I'm smashing this. <laughs> so
1: he's, he's 27.9. So he'll be 28 years old when it goes into next season. So, I mean, this is that opportune time to, to sell as a, you know, as someone that you're out of there, but I mean, he's wide receiver 23. I'm going to go over. We're just going to play a quick smash or pass. You know, first one we'll do Mung. you know, you are in the play or you're not in the playoffs. I have Drake, London, Debo Samuel. Who would you rather have? Is that a trade that you would make?
0: Yeah, I think that's a win-win for both sides. T Higgins. For Debo? Yeah. Um, no, I would keep Debo and well, I know we'll keep this quick, but mostly because I think T Higgins is gone from Cincinnati next year, and I think IUK is probably as well. I, I just don't see how they have the money to pay him. Mm-hmm. And so I think both Debo and IU could be potential number ones for their respective teams next year. Uh Snoog, you're trying to buy Debo. Would you give up Rashi
1: Rice, who's been red hot? Yep. Give me would, Debo. Uh, okay. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get real tricky here on you right now. Okay. So you really need this. Tank Dell's on your team. Would you give up Tank Dell and a third for Debo in a second?
2: If I'm like on the buy and i just need those two weeks to lock in that ship and i'm confident my team i'd do it but otherwise let's
1: talk about that because if you're on the buy you should not be buying i have had so many experiences where in week 15 i'm on the buy and i buy the guy that gets injured in week 15 and you're just like i just lost right like i lost value to to give up tank Dell. now all of a sudden i'm gonna lose again because then i'm gonna have to sell Debo. At a fraction of the cost. And then what do you do? You're moving way down. You're going to possibly move into an area of this next guy, which I hate to even say it. Snoop Keenan Allen. What are we doing? Like Keenan Allen has been unbelievable this year. Unbelievable. But Easton stick is the quarterback now, which is great for Austin Eckler. You saw the dump off game. Like he is going to catch seven to 10 passes. Like every week he's going to be as long as he's healthy out there. But Keenan Allen, you know, it, it, I'm worried Keenan Allen and Devonte Adams rest of the season. I view both of them as, as wide receiver twos. I see it with not quite the same amount of upside as some other guys in the wide receiver two. So you can't sell them at this point. What are you doing with Devonte? and what are you doing with Keenan Allen? And do you agree that they're in that wide receiver two range?
2: Yeah, I actually have, I think Devante is a little bit higher because he's just so talented and he, he has that connection kind of already built up with O'Connell and they know that they need to get the ball to him. He's his target share has been great. I think Devontae could have a really big stretch of games coming up, and I think Keenan Allen is a buy because, like, why sell him when he's super talented? He's, like, the clear number one option for the Chargers. I mean, Stick needs to get the ball to him, and, like, he had a couple of nice bombs to Quentin Johnson. He didn't look horrible. He was doing okay, so I'm excited for that to see how that plays out. But I think, like, go to your local Keenan Allen owner and say, I'll give you my second form and see if they take it. (laughs)
1: Yeah, this is it just gets to a, a difficult situation where you're losing guys in those areas. Um, Snook, same kind of thing. I mean, what are you doing with, with all those you know veteran wide receivers? You know, you have Tyreek Hill got a little banged up this week. Devontae Adams has struggled with the rookie quarterback. Now Keenan Allen has to deal with with Easton Stick. And it's the pitfall that we talk about, right, Of of investing in the older wide receivers. But we've also been talking about recently where these guys' longevity, along with Cooper Cup. I mean, Cooper Cup looked great. He finally looked a little bit healthy this week. How are you differentiating these four wide receivers, you know, going into the stretch run? And can you make a trade for one to the other and try to move around?
2: Yeah, I think Cooper Cup's going to go on a tear. Like you said, like Stafford has a big three games coming up. I I think Cooper Cup and Puka are going to have really good three games. So I think that's a good stack to target. It's cheap. Washington, I mean – Manuel Forbes has been horrible and he's like getting exposed all the time the Redskins or the what, commander's cornerback and their defense has been terrible I think they have like the least amount of pass rushes and sacks and all that stuff mm-hmm. and I also think that there's a real world scenario where cup is back to that 10 plus target range where he's just dropping 20 bombs left and right so mm-hmm. if there's any a week that he's gonna have a big week and coming out of that slot i think it's going to be the next few so that's a guy that I would go – people are probably sick of him too. He's been so bad, and then the past two weeks he was great. Maybe two seconds gets you Cooper Cup on your team or maybe Cup in a second for a late first.
1: So, Just like Adams
2: and Keenan, I think.
1: Mung, we look at keep trade cut right now. Wide receiver 27, 28, and 29. Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans. Keep trade cut between Adams, Keenan, and Mike Evans.
0: Um, Keep. Keenan, trade Evans, cut Adams. Any specific reason on the Keenan? Yeah, I think just because the volume is going to be there for him. We saw with uh, Easton Stick, he's not afraid to just give it to Eckler and Keenan, so I think that gives Mm -hmm. them a decent PPR floor. Um, Adams, I would, uh, what did I say? Um, Oh, I would trade uh, Mike Evans because I think the perception on him is still very high, and he's been the go-to guy for Baker Mayfield. But uh, I think he's going to be really good the next two weeks. Week 17, fantasy championship week. Going up against Marshawn Lattimore is a huge red flag. Um, I, I would not want to start Evans. I think week.
2: he's hurt, right? Isn't he done for the year?
0: Oh, actually, yeah. yeah Lattimore's I on it's IR right now. All hey, oh, right, fire moment. Um, Evans oh, is that I, was guy, thinking, I was thinking AJ Terrell because they just played you, Atlanta. You Never mind. Elante
2: Taylor, though. Alante Taylor's been nasty. He's like there. He's young been
0: good, corner, too, yeah. but Lattimore in particular seems to just yeah. have yeah. Evan's number, so I, I take yeah. that back then. I would keep Evan's. Yeah. Um, Good catch. You got to fire him up, man. He's like
1: a lock in there every now and then, you know, in that playoffs, he puts up 30 points. Let's all name one wide receiver here who you'd be willing to buy for a contender that costs you less than a first. Mung, I'm going to give you a shout out here because, you know, last year I was right. This year, you're absolutely right. Cortland Sutton has been phenomenal. Cortland Sutton gets Detroit New England and then the Chargers who are an absolute, you know, bottom 5 when it comes against the pass. I think Cortland Sutton is a, you know, wide receiver 14 to 18 rest of the season and I am totally in on him. I got him for a 24 second and I don't even remember. I was throwing in another wide receiver where, you know, move into that area. I would move off of some of the guys that have more name cachet that aren't scoring you points like a George Pickens, like a, like a Hollywood Brown and get yourself a Sutton plus, because I think Cortland Sutton is another guy that I think the rest of the way is going to be a nice little, you know, wide receiver two, wide receiver three area for you. That's, you know, potentially could win it. Snoog. Who's your guy.
2: Deandre Hopkins. Nice. I think his matchups coming up Houston twice. That's his old team. You know, he's coming for blood i have a good feeling levis just
1: that catch he had this weekend was phenomenal
2: if he had any like decent like if he had like a stafford or if he had like a like a kirk cousins like he would still be a top five to eight receiver in fantasy Mm -hmm. i'm so convinced he's still so insane and he gives me larry fitz vibes he doesn't rely on like speed or athleticism like he just knows where to be insane hands great playmaker unbelievable spec catch like He's just mm-hmm. a good football player, and he's still very good. So he's a guy I've been trying to buy everywhere. I've been trying to shoot out a second plus because mm-hmm. you got the Texans twice, and then I yeah. think they have another easy matchup. I'm not sure. Hey, oh, Bill, That's I'm not saying like, the
1: first, but a pair of seconds, absolutely. I absolutely right. smash that. Mung, it's a little bit trickier being the third guy in the wheel here. So we're going to go to third, like a pair of thirds after this. But if you less than a first-rounder, what wide receiver are you buying to kind of fill in that spot for your playoffs?
0: I mean, I don't think you even need to give a, a second in most cases for Curtis Samuel. And, you know, we talked about Washington a little bit already as a great matchup uh, for the Rams this week. And really, they're a great matchup for anybody, right? They're going to be in these shootouts. They've lost the last couple of games, the last few games, 19 to 31 to the Giants, 10 to 45 to Dallas, 15 to 45 for Miami. And I expect a lot of the mm-hmm. same. In the next three games, uh, at the Rams, at the Jets, maybe not at the Jets. <laughs> I won't go quite that far. I don't know about Zach Wilson putting up thirty, but then at the Niners. And so these are all trailing game scripts. And even though the Jets is a tougher matchup uh, in Week 16, you know they're less or they're a little softer over the middle of the field. And Samuel seems to be Howell's guy uh, for whatever reason. Sam Howell hates Terry McLaurin. So, yeah, I think Howell's – or excuse me, I think Curtis Samuel's a cheap PPR wide receiver three or flex for the fantasy playoffs. I like that. Even even
1: cheaper there. I like that. Snoop, you got another guy there where it's like these cheap options. This guy was like, hey, I'm going to throw him in here because we're into an area where it's like I'm really in desperate need of a wide receiver for week 15. Who are you going to throw in that spot?
2: Sutton was definitely a name that I was putting can in you, that Can category you trust Austin.
1: Adam Thielen ever again?
2: That's who I was thinking of.
1: I, I, I keep going back and forth. Like Jacoby Meyer and Adam Thielen, I have in that fringe 30. 30-
2: go really cheap.
1: Right. Like that's go that's really cheap.
2: cheap. Odell. The Ravens have a really, really hard, like next three stretch of games. Lamar's going to have to be on point. They're going to have to throw the ball a ton. I think Odell is a guy that could find the end zone at least twice in the next three games. That's a guy that I'd target. You could probably get him for like a third.
1: I like it. I like he it. He
2: made some crazy plays last week. I think he still has got a little bit of juice in him, so I'm excited to see him come out and the Ravens finish off strong.
1: The tight end position is is interesting down the stretch because we look at I mean, I think the tight end position has gone from the the wasteland to okay, there's there's a legitimate 12 to 14 options where I don't mind putting them out there. I mean, you know, Kelsey, Hawkinson, Laporta, Kittle, McBride, they're winning it for you. Ingram just put up a 40 burger. If you play in 1.75 premium, Ferguson's been real good. David and Joku had a really big week. Isaiah Lakely, a big week. Kincaid's still serviceable. Goddard, Komet Pitts, Fryermouth. I mean, we're in a position now, Mung, where it's like. Tight end isn't that big of a worry, but when you're on that playoff team, I mean, who are you going after? What's that that best tight end available for you to try to look at things from either a bargain standpoint or an area where you're an all-in contender?
0: Yeah, I think everybody pretty much hates Darren Waller now, right? Two back-to-back years where all he does is get hurt. <laughs> <Yeah>. And uh, <laughs> look, if you like Tommy DeVito, you, you kind of like Darren Waller, right? And he gets – an amazing fantasy playoff schedule against defenses that give up a ton of yards um, and catches to tight ends over the middle of the field. So if knock on wood, if his hamstring is healthy, uh, Waller could still potentially be that top 10 tight end that a lot of people wanted him to be earlier in August and September. Um, And, you know, he's probably super cheap right now, right? Mm -hmm. Who's, who still wants to see Darren Waller's name on their roster especially if they're not in the fantasy playoffs nobody's expecting him to do much in 2024 so late Ooh. second you might even get him for less than a keep, second in keep some week keep trade cut
1: has him at tight end 22 i traded him for Zach Moss straight up we're in an area, and i i've had other people that would be like i don't even want to touch Darren Waller so yeah that's a that's a yeah, that's a good name much, sure.
0: right should be yeah. pretty
1: cheap uh, Snoog, there's three guys in, in the tight end 9, 10, 11 in most people's ranking that I want you to keep trade cut here between Jake Ferguson, Cole Komet, and Pat Fryenberg.
2: Keep Cole Komet. I think he's the best Absolutely. of them. Absolutely. Man,
1: why is he? He is the tight end six on the season and just has been fantastic, but yet he's, he's probably that guy that never is worth a first round pick.
2: Yeah, yeah, I definitely think that kocom the clear best and in fields feeds him he has a good chance at scoring every week too i think you got to definitely next is going to be ferguson i trade ferguson mm-hmm. really high-end touchdown upside for some reason he seems like he drops everything like every time i'm watching him i feel like he just drops a touchdown pass so he should have way more touchdowns than he did at one point i know he was leading the team and the tight end position in red zone target share so i think Ferguson's just a guy that could get you a touchdown and, and put up a good week for you and then i'd lastly put um pat I, I don't like pat fry at all the steelers offense stinks and i just don't see it
1: so all right let's say ingram had the big week there mong we're gonna do the same thing with you little keep trade cut with evan ingram dallas goddard and kyle pitts
0: oh that's tough because i just don't know what's going to happen with atlanta <laughs> Um, I think I will keep Goddard. I would trade Ingram because his value should be up a little bit after last week, but I would sell high quickly on Ingram if, if at all possible. Um, and then I would, I mean, I don't want to cut pits, but I guess, uh, I mean, he got a touchdown this past week. I just, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how how much you can expect that going forward if it's Desmond Ritter unless. They're trading for a quarterback, or they somehow luck into one this off season.
1: So I'm interested about the Ingram take, where you're just trying to get rid of him. I mean, nine out of his 14 weeks have been tight end one. The bat, the bat, last three tight end, ten tight end, two tight end, one, and then it gets Tampa Bay in week 15. Evan Ingram's almost like a a Waller type thing where people don't necessarily want them on their team. And Snoog, I know you were trying to trade him in, in a couple of leagues and not really getting that. It, is it an area that we talk about where it's like, if nobody wants him, should I be offering up a second for Evan Ingram?
2: Yeah, I love that. No Evan one's
1: Ingram. paying a first, right? Like, that's what you were trying to get. No one's paying the first, but is anybody selling for a second? You know, like, this is that I would not no
2: sell like anything, anything less than a first. I would not sell him. He is literally Trevor Lawrence's number one option every single time he drops back. Since week two, he has elite. not
1: been under seven targets.
2: It's unbelievable. He has a lead. crazy to me. And he's finally scoring touchdowns. Like he was doing this without touchdowns. I think it depends. If it's non tight end premium, he's, yeah, let him go for a second. But like when he's getting that reception bonus, like he's a reception hog. Like this is a guy, Trevor Lawrence loves his slot. No more Christian Kirk. He's a guy that could, I mean, he just gave us like 40 points in tight end premium leagues, 35 plus. This is a guy that's going to continue to probably get five to six plus receptions per game, mm-hmm. has a decent chance at scoring, and he's going to get a lot of yards with his Yak. So, He's my go-to target with Kittle at the tight end position, a lot cheaper than like the Kelsey's, and they're going to give you guys big weeks. That's what matters at the tight end position. You need a low floor, but you want that mm. big week upside, and those are the two number one tight ends that are on my trade targets.
1: And we'll go back to Mung where you were on there, and then a two-part question. Just talk to me a little bit about Ingram. But then if you have Ingram and you don't like him, would you add a second for Kittle or a first for Kelsey, or would you just stick with Ingram?
0: Yeah, I would be looking to sell Ingram uh, high on that two touchdown game. Um, He has had a lot of reception. So he's stuck in that, you know, reliable back end tight end Mm -hmm. one in PPR. But again, right prior to week 13, zero touchdowns on the year. Um, (laughs) Lawrence just doesn't look at him in the red zone. He uses, they use Etienne a lot near the goal line. Right. And then Lawrence also has that rushing upside in the red zone as well. And really, when you look at it, um, that game against Cincinnati, that was the backup uh, who really checked down and padded those numbers late in the game, right, mm-hmm. 9 for 82. And then Lawrence with a high ankle sprain against the Browns defense that you cannot throw outside against, obviously checked down a ton to Evan Ingram. And credit to him because he basically played like a wide receiver over the middle of the field. Yeah, And he was great, right, 11 for what was it, like 100 yards and something yeah. and two touchdowns. Yeah. Um, I think he can be okay with Christian Kirk out for the fantasy playoffs. So I don't think you're he's called. a must sell, um, but I would be looking to sell in the off season for sure. If you're fine keeping him for the fantasy mm-hmm. playoffs, I think that's okay because Kirk is out, but I would not trust him for 2024 and beyond.
2: My thing with that is Trevor Lawrence has struggled to hit his outside receivers all year. That's always been an issue with him throughout college, throughout his rookie year through now. He's always struggled hitting that outside receiver. It seems like his eyes gravitate towards the middle of the field at all times. So he loves that easy pass. Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, it's always been those two all year when they were healthy over Calvin Ridley. And we know Calvin Ridley's a better player than both of them. Like, there's no arguing that. We've seen what Ridley's capable of doing in glimpses, and his big games are big games. So. That's my theory. And he does not throw the check down. Like, I mean, this guy will take a sack before he looks at Travis Etienne and throws it. And it's very frustrating for a Travis Etienne owner mm-hmm. to consistently watch him do that. But it's just not a thing. So it's always, boom, what do I have at that, like, 5 to 10 to 12 range or that deep cross or where Christian Kirk lives? So that that's why I'm big on Evan Ingram, just because we're just really focusing on, like, Trevor Lawrence's tendencies and kind of how the Jags offense operates. But Mong, you're definitely right. I mean, Bethard's obviously going to check the ball down a ton. I think ETN had like three catches in that one drive for 10 plus yards a piece. And Evan Ingram was eating as well. So maybe Trevor Lawrence needs to take some tips from TJ Bethard. On-
0: <laughs> well, I think, I think you have a point in that he could be a potential league w- winner in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah. So my stance on selling Ingram is more in the off season because I do think targets are going to get funneled more to Ingram over the next few weeks which is perfect right. We saw what Davis Allen just did against the Ravens and now Evan Ingram gets them. Um and then you know the Bucks and and the Panthers too after that. So certainly fine for the fantasy playoffs. Two yeah. more guys we
1: got to talk about here absolute difference makers in dynasty. It's the 104 and 105 overall, Justin Jefferson and CJ Stroud. So let's let's start with CJ Stroud because I know that's your guy there, Snoog is you know, you're in week 15 and you gotta win, you know. And we we we've discussed this a little bit, similar to Justin Herbert. Like, if you have to win, are you taking Dak in a second for CJ Stroud? No, I offered I I, you, t- I brought the other one up to you and I want to get Mung's opinion on it, but it, it was Stafford Debo in the 107 for CJ Stroud. and that one you said no as well so is this that area where it's like i'm not giving up cj stroud because i don't want to be in that area and it's like but if you got to sit out there and you got to go out this week and start tommy devito hey forget about it but you got to get to that area it's like are you willing to do (laughs) that you know um
2: so i i'll tell you guys exactly what i told every single person that came to me trying to buy justin herbert off me i will not get absolutely fleece on a deal for one of Mm -hmm. the best players in super flex dynasty formats I will rather go and buy Matt Stafford and give up a first before I Mm -hmm. give up CJ Stroud for Dak one for one
1: I know well that's my stance on
2: that already already in the playoffs
1: let's say they're already there and that's that's what's sitting in front of you is it Dak in a second is it Stafford in two firsts are you just like hey you know what I hope he plays I'll
2: pay my dues and I'll hope I'll hope that CJ Stroud comes back in Week 16. I'll put all my fab in for Davis Mills and start him if I have to.
1: <laughs> this is where we, we differ a little bit. I'm making the move, you know. Like if I get Stafford in firsts, first, I'm going to try to trust my gut to go buy another another CJ Stroud if that even exists, you know, and kind of go in that area. Among, how do you go about giving that advice to people? Because everybody's always asking, you know, like you have to know if you're that all in smash guy, right? Like if you're playing in Week 15, you might not be. You know, or you might've just had a series of bad lucks and bad luck. And Matthew Stafford's a guy that wins you week 15 and wins you week 16. Then you win the title. And it's like those kind of things, you know, winning is a, what do they say? Like, that's a, a way to keep going with that. You know, like that's a way where it's like, okay, I can justify that, but it stings if you don't.
0: Yeah. It's tough. Cause I get where Snook's coming from where just watching not even just rookie quarterbacks this year, just all quarterbacks. There are so many bad quarterbacks right now, mm. right? It's kind of like what Brady said, where the the watchability of the league has declined because um, overall quarterback play has declined. And Stroud is the lone exception. Um, he's kind of the shining star of the league, right? He's on almost a... Uh, I guess, Mahomes-type trajectory, but also you have to be a little bit cautious because at one point, Baker Mayfield was on that trajectory after his rookie season. Uh, mm -hmm. Um, But Stroud has been so much better than even Mayfield was that season because just the way that he is able to move around the pocket and then still hit guys downfield is, even for a veteran quarterback, that would be impressive. But for a rookie coming in behind an offensive line that was injured for most of the year, right? They just it got started some pieces out. back. I mean, yeah, I think I would rather overpay um, and give up like a lot for a Russell Wilson or Matthew Stafford Damn. to get me through mm-hmm. week 15 yep. than to move Stroud for cheap. Yeah. Um, now, Dak in a first, I would definitely consider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or Dak plus a second, a couple seconds might sway me. But again, this really comes down to: Are you a pretty good playoff contender, or are you the team to beat this year? Right, mm-hmm. because you have to look at the other teams in the playoffs. If you're facing a, a team that has like Lamar and Josh Allen and mm-hmm. McCaffrey and Bijan, then you know just hold on to Stroud and hope you make it past this week. Yo, but if you're it. if you're the team with McCaffrey. And Bijan, and you know, whoever else, and you're the team to beat. That's when I maybe consider moving Stroud.
1: Hey, careful with the Baker man, 3,700 yards, 27 touchdowns <laughs> as a rookie. Set that set the rookie record for touchdowns, man.
0: Right? Um, I mean, that's what I'm saying, right? Stroud yeah. looks to be ascendant, but we still have yeah. to keep that you know, that 10% chance because I we never know. Jefferson is the interesting
1: one as well. You know the bruised chest. They said he's day to day. If he doesn't suit up this week, I mean, everybody's. Would you right now among trade C.D. Lamb for Justin Jefferson straight, given
0: your your playoff spot? If you're a strong enough contender, um, yeah, I, I would take Lamb. Uh, A.J. Brown in a second. Yeah, I'm. I mean, Lamb is phenomenal. He's or er, uh, Brown oh, yeah. is phenomenal. He's in the in that exact same tier. Let's. How far down do we got to go? Tyreek Hill in a first. It's tough with the ankle injury. I would have said in a heartbeat um, a week ago or even a, d- a day or two ago. Now with uh, potentially, it sounds like, maybe a high ankle sprain, low ankle sprain, we're not really sure. That's mm. one I would I'd probably stay away from for right now.
1: Snoog. Puka Nakua, DJ Moore, either of them, and two first for Justin Jefferson.
2: So I get both receivers are no of
1: one of them. One of them.
2: I would take DJ Moore in two first. I, I'm so high on DJ Moore, and
1: more people are too low. They're I too think we're going to get
2: Gale, Gale Williams thrown in the ball, and yeah. at the at the worst, which is a very good worst, yeah. is Justin Fields, where he's been so elite with. So yeah, DJ Moore is a top yeah. t- top
1: twelve dynasty wide up for me. What people keep coming to me is they're like, and it's kind of like we talked about with the running back position. They're like, well, what about Garrett Wilson in a first? What about Chris Olave in a first? What about you know Brandon Ayuk in a first? What? We- you're not getting the same production. It's not like we're talking about you're going out there and buying a guy that's going to win you the championship. You're going to buy a guy who's going to keep you in that same area. But then next year you're going to be like, dang, Justin Jefferson just broke 2000 yards. Like he was on pace to do this year, you know? So like, that's that tricky part. It's, It's Brown, it's Hill, you know, even Jamar chase. I don't think I would do even up just because it's like, he has obviously struggled without Joe Burrow. So it's a difficult scenario. If you guys have questions on any of those, make sure you guys hit us up. Um, I'm going to let you guys each close with what you guys have going on. And, you know, any parting shots, like we always get Mung at that one hour mark, you know, a a guy to throw in there. We'll start with you, buddy.
0: Yeah, well, first I I don't want to rain on the parade for DJ Moore, but I'm a little lower on him for the fantasy playoffs. Um, When you look at the blow up spots he's had, right, against the Lions, he had that free play basically – um, we know Minnesota secondary isn't great. And it was, that was just pure volume, right? Tons of those screens ended up having like 10, 12 catches. And then he blew up what the Broncos and the commanders early in the season. So I'm a little hesitant to to move Justin Jefferson for more in that mm-hmm. deal. So I, I just wanted to throw that in. Um, but I mean, this is the time to stash running backs, right? It always is mm-hmm. because that's the, that's the position where we see the most roster churn, the most turnover the most injuries and therefore the most opportunities for running backs to um, step up. So I I, I like guys like if you're looking super free guys, Cordero Patterson, um, it's become more of a split between him and Tyler Algier behind Bijan. So we talked about the great playoff schedule for Bijan knock on wood. He stays healthy, but if anything were to happen, uh, a lot of people are on Algier, but maybe not so much Patterson. Um, The same goes for guys like, uh, Latavius Murray, who is mm-hmm. just a name at this point. But again, if James Cook were to miss any time, he seems to be the next guy up. And then finally, I've talked about him so, so much, but Jordan Mason. Um, a lot of people like Eli Mitchell as McCaffrey's backup, but Mitchell's constantly banged up, even missed last week. And he didn't, he didn't even play much the week before that. So I don't trust Mitchell at all if McCaffrey were to miss time. And We talked about the Niners needing to win out to get that top seed. But at the same time, I don't think that they need to play too hard in some of these upcoming games uh, Mm -hmm. where we could see McCaffrey eased back a little in anticipation for the playoffs. So if they're beating Arizona by 24 points in the third quarter this coming week or week 17 against the Commanders, if they're up like 30 to 10 in, in the third quarter, maybe we see a little Jordan Mason as well.
1: That's why, Hmong, we got to start going like the NBA with a play in tournament in week seven, eight, and nine. <laughs> <laughs> like the halfway point, fantasy football it might be a, a new tradition. Because, like, this year, I mean, COVID year, you're like, dude, we lost everybody. You remember that? It was like Eckler, Kelsey, like everybody. Now guys are starting to drop again. So I, I like where you're at. Make sure you're stockpiling. Snook, what's cooking, man?
2: Yeah, make sure you guys tune in to the Twitter. I mean, we're going to be doing a ton of rookie stuff now that it's almost that end of playoff stretch time. ton of dynasty threads, polls, all that good stuff. So we're going to be finding those values for you guys as well. And we're also going to be doing tons of off-season, off-season trading, grabbing those vets for super cheap because right now, or right, once the playoffs end, that's the best time to buy your Saquon Barkley's, your CMC's, your Diary Kill's, your Devontae Adams, because people are like, all right, these guys aren't going to be good next year. Then that time rolls around where it's August and everyone wants them and the value doubles. So make sure you buy all those guys. That's what I was doing this time last year. Helped me have a ton of contending teams this year. And also make sure uh, you, Mike Monk said with the running back position, stack your running backs, but also stack your wideouts and your quarterbacks as well. Make sure you have three tight ends, two to three tight ends, and get your Gerald Everett's, get your Taysom Hills to back up your elite tight ends. Go get your Jake Browning, your Joe Flacco's. I like to run in all my squads with at least three to four quarterbacks that are starting. I, Tommy DeVito's, your Jake Browning's have, have two of those guys on your bench behind your two quarterbacks, especially in super flex and wideouts. I like to have two serviceable, very good wide outs on my bench at all times. Like your D hop, your Cortland Sutton's, your Adam Thielen's, those type of guys that can play flex or step in and, and put up 15 to 20 points in that wide receiver three spot for you. So depth is key in the playoffs don't get don't get screwed over because of injuries and because you didn't come prepared move your seconds you can always buy them later
1: last thing to say is abolish trade deadlines thanks for tuning in guys and enjoy the process get rid of them no trade deadline <laughs>